Some say we are living in a culture war nowadays, with most of us completely divided on many of the most important topics of our time. Our family and friends may even impose pressure on us to think a certain way, and let's not even get started on social media. Chances are near 100% that you are being bombarded with pressure and influence to think or act in certain ways. But if we are on a journey to uncover and then live as our authentic selves, how would we balance these pressures with living authentically? How do we even remain in our authentic selves while participating in this divisive world? These are the questions we are investigating today in this episode as we live this life toward overall wellness. If this episode or past episodes has helped you in any way change a perspective, strengthen a bond, improve your overall communication, then please show us some love by sharing this podcast with other like-minded people. You can also give us a rating on iTunes or even leave a review to share your experience with others so that they may be motivated to listen more intently. And you can also follow us on Spotify or YouTube. Anyway, you decide to give back energetically. We definitely appreciate At this moment, I want to thank you, send you gratitude for working on you and changing the world one you at a time. And now, let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. We are on a self growth journey. And if you're here listening to the Wise Wise podcast, you probably are too. I am Aaron. I'm Alexander riding this river of life. Riding that river, Alexander is here, and today we are going to be talking about how to remain in your authentic self amongst all these influential energies around us. We have media, we have friends, we have family, everybody wanting to pose their energy and their opinions Mm -hmm. (laughs) onto you, and how do we stay strong uh, knowing who we are and continue on our path. I think this is a great subject and I think it's going to be useful for a lot of people because there's different stages of development. You get to a certain point where you can tap into a certain vibration or a certain feeling or a certain self, but then it can be very challenging to hold it. So some people find it first through meditation or some type of yoga or some type of movement or something like that. There'll be something that they experience to have that experience, so to say, but then, yeah, how do you hold it once the chaos comes? And we may be connecting this to the first pillar. And I also think people hearing this initially may be like, hey, Alexander, I don't even know who or what my authentic self is. And that is something that we have gone through, how to find your authentic self in past podcasts. We do have the episode on the three questions to find your authentic self, which really 
is to help you define who you are. But then we also have the tools that, yeah. that we offer, the human design and the destiny cards, both that you offer reports and readings on and the human design chart, of course, and they can contact you to get that information. And that does help define who you were meant to be from an energetic perspective as you came into this world. Yeah, I like to use the term your cosmic makeup. And so we can take that into your spiritual or religious plane or look at it from an energetic standpoint. It's all connected. And of course, that's not who you have to be stuck with being throughout your entire lifetime. We do have the opportunity, and that's what we're here to discuss, is how can we optimally grow and and change our default self uh, as we come into the world to who we are going to evolve to be. Yes, and part of that process is releasing family lineage and patterns from your family and studying your astrological makeup and how the planets played a role into giving you certain characteristics and certain obstacles. So with both of those pieces of information, you can really work towards bringing yourself to that true authentic self by utilizing the information from your past and information from that cosmic makeup to help you understand your traumas at a deeper level to work through emotional processing. And the Just Philosophy covers all of this. So rather than spend a whole lot of time recapping how to find your authentic self, I'll just pin some of the episode links to the show notes. So if you definitely are questioning who you are and what you're all about and why you're here, definitely go to listen to those maybe prior to continuing to listen to the rest of this, but definitely come back because it will help you moving forward. One thing that I want to add as well was the three questions that Aaron mentioned earlier. Who are you? And that's based around your name or who you are called, what people say to you when they're calling your attention and how you resonate with that. And then what are you passionate about? What is the subject in your life that really feeds you when you study it, when you practice it, and you want to develop it further? And then it is what do you exemplify or how do you exemplify your passion? What do you do in your daily life to generate and stimulate that energy? Because energy builds over time. So the more that you work towards something with a pure intention and pure action, the more likely it is to develop and last and have longevity. So getting clear on those three questions connects us to question four and five, which is what are you looking to get out of your relationship and what are you looking to give your relationship? So these five questions can be studied for a lifetime and be developed and there's no set point. Sometimes these answers can change. So I did want to mention those and give people an opportunity to to dabble in that. And we also have much more explanation of that through past uh, podcasts as well. So one main point that I wanted to bring in initially was that when you know your authentic self, you're really bringing in consciousness into your life because you're really looking at who you are meant to be outside of all the influences. Because as we grow up through our environment, as we've discussed, our childhood trauma, you mentioned family lineage, even product influences, foods that we ate growing up, products that we were around. And as you grow and expand in this way, you start taking better care of your body and paying attention to all these small details. 
Yeah. If you slow down and look at the world, everything is marketing nowadays. Nothing is really authentic. And that's really kind of what we're trying to get back to is who are we at our core, not who we want people to see that we are or who we are trying to fake it till we make it. And even when you look at politics, it's not mm-hmm. about doing what's right for the people. It's about how they're perceived right. and damage control if they get caught doing something. It's really, we're really entering into a time, it seems, that nothing just feels real anymore. Yeah, that that term authenticity is a specialized term nowadays. And I think there are uh, many people waking up to being interested in that and that things are getting back to the proof's in the pudding, so to say, that just do what you do and the result will show whether you truly hold that. You know, I see a beautiful trend going in music that I've been wanting to be a part of for a long time to where the artist does every step of the song from the writing, the engineering, the mastering and producing. And for that to be a product that has its own genre, to where that is truly one artist or a small group of people that is taking a finished product from the beginning to end. Because in music, it's not the way the songs typically are written by the artists. They have producers and engineers that create it to sound a certain way, and then it's sold as a package. And most people don't think of music in that way. They just think of, oh, this band wrote that. But that's not authentic. And that's why... Sometimes behind-the-scenes stuff or bootleg stuff is very interesting to some collectors because they hear it more from an authentic way that they feel like the band really intended it. And I think that many people are seeing that within themselves and how they reflect out in the world. And so I think that that's why this is going to be a hot topic because from my years, over 15 years of working in a private practice – This is what I see most is discontentment. And sometimes people have everything they think they want. It could be money. It could be relationships. But there's still this deep-seated discontentment. And what I have connected that to quite often is that the person isn't fulfilling what their sole purpose is or what they feel like they came here to do. And that is through finding the authentic self and finding how you fit in to this plane or this planet and everything that's going on. And many of us feel like we don't fit in these times or this isn't the way we envisioned it. And I like to just share that you are the visionaries. You're the ones to bring change, that change always has to be seen and judged as an outside idea. And then it's done and practiced long enough to become popular, to become normally watered down and then uh, extremely popular and then it just keeps changing and that's what we've seen through history that certain areas of the world rise and fall and it's like that in music and all art and i think that we're at a interesting point as humans right now and that self-fulfillment that inner fulfillment i think is being searched for possibly as much or more than ever Yeah, and when I bring in the consciousness around the authentic self, that really gives us a choice on how we want to react to something, how we want to handle a situation or take action in any sort of 
experience that we have. Whereas when we are being influenced and we're not aware of it, that's where we could be being misled away from our authentic self. Sure. Yes, yes. And that can happen even from a smell or yeah, from an idea, from a newscast, from an opinion. It can come from many different places. Even what you've eaten before a conversation and how you're feeling, if you're not feeling good, you're going to receive whatever information through certain emotional goggles. And then if you're feeling great and you had a great meal, then there's no struggle with the digestion, then you're going to hear that completely different. So learning to see all of these influences and recognize them, not obsess over them, but just recognize them and then have a counterbalance, so to say, at whatever the situation is you recognize you're being influenced at, the most important thing is what to do about it. And so I'm looking forward to sharing hopefully deeper and deeper stuff where this subject's concerned. One of the most pertinent examples that I have been observing in our time that many can relate to is this overwhelming peer pressure to believe a certain thing or to fall in line and not speak out against a certain thing in this world. And if you do, then you're almost ostracized publicly because our life kind of revolves around social media nowadays. Mm -hmm. And many of us have a fear of being called out or not being in the club, the perceived club of whoever's popular in social media. And so we'll, we tend to want to go the way of the herd. Whatever the loudest voices are, we tend to not want to go against them because it will create friction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those voices go against what we perceive internally. We may not have an opinion, but we know like this may not be right for me. But we also don't want to make waves within maybe our friend structure who may buy into that viewpoint. So it can be an extremely challenging thing, especially for people of my generation, the millennials who have been into the social media from our Mm mid-teens. And so social media maybe is more part of our life than maybe the generation before. And of course, the generation coming up is probably even more heavily into it. So this is just like one major challenge that I see in our culture right now. And I think this experience can be carried through many other experiences, whether it's peer pressure coming from your family, whether you have this pressure from your parents on whether you should get a certain type of career as you're going through college and maybe you don't really resonate with it, but it's what your family expects of you. So you have that pressure. So I guess what it really comes down to is almost like a judgment or a self-judgment or not wanting a certain external judgment on you maybe. Or maybe just not wanting to deal with judgment and we'll just bring in friction here. Whether it's judgment or ridicule or whatever it is, it can be an avoidance of friction It can be an avoidance of explaining because I hear people all the time say, I just don't like explaining myself. And that's a little bit confusing for me because I just go, well, why wouldn't you want to explain yourself, who you are, what you're passionate about, and what you're looking to exemplify? And ask the wise why of why that resistance to share that is. And then if somebody has a different three answers, why isn't that okay for them? 
See, my point here is anything that where friction is created, something's going to grow. And the key to getting rid of friction or confrontation or fear of that is in optimizing your communication and starting with your communication coming from humility to say that whatever I'm doing now, I'm sure in 10 years I will see it differently. But this is how I see it now. And this isn't a challenge to the way that you are or the way that you see things, but this can be very enjoying for us to just share the different ways that we see things. And maybe we will eventually work towards seeing things more similar. But see, what I have experienced is normally it all starts in defense. First of all, the person isn't clear in those three answers of who they are, what they're passionate about, and how they exemplify that passion. Because those three questions take care of pretty much all of that has been brought up so far around this subject of the the concerns of showing your authentic self, whether it's to your family or friends or colleagues or whoever it is. But one of the biggest issues is people want to project ideas, thought forms, beliefs, before they've practiced them long enough. Because when you practice things long enough, you get less interested in talking about it. But in our culture, when we begin learning something new, the irony is we want to talk about it the most then. So see, it's stuck in the conceptual view. And we're always discussing the five levels, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual, and how equal all of those are. And most of what we're discussing so far about this is stuck in the mental level. And that's where our culture is stuck, is mostly in the mental level. So it's all conceptual views. And so see, when that conceptual view is questioned and the person doesn't have any history of experience, they have no answers for the questions. So then it just turns into defense. And then it turns into a childlike, not from a judgment, but literally like six or eight-year-olds debating about what's the best flavor of lollipop. (laughs) And sometimes they will even hit each other over these silly things. But that's what we revert back to, is that I can't communicate my views well enough, so I'm just going to get louder and try to threaten you. And then that's what ensues. So what I want everyone listening to do is to consider that the more you want to talk about something or the more that you're drawn to talk about something probably shows you that you need more experience with it before you bring it up in conversations. And you're always going to be heard more clearly and more often the more that you receive and listen. So the irony is... To get what most people want, they will have to do what is hardest to do that they don't want to do. And this is where polarity of energy comes in and why so-called positive and so-called negative energies are both equally important. Because the negative is that view when we work against our natural wants for the overall good of everyone involved or for our growth, then we're able to play that polarity side and give the other person a feeling of recognition, a feeling of respect, 
and that opens up the avenues for communication. So, again, most issues of confrontation can be avoided or rechanneled through the fine art of conscious communication. Yeah, I can see that many of us starting this work, even myself, may not be 100% clear in our views and may want to try to prove them to the people who are the opposite from time to time. And it really seems like for a conscious person or even somebody striving to be a conscious person, it's hard living in this world full of unconscious people in your environment Mm -hmm. because it's almost like there's two intentions there. One is people are just going around reacting to whatever stimulates them and you're trying to maybe think uh, objectively about a situation and and have a conversation about, okay, well, here's this side, here's this side, here are some blind spots in both of them, and the other person just wants to talk about their side, and, and when you question it, that's when the friction happens. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we're not even allowed to question, which actually gets me into another point that I wanted to bring in, which is around beliefs. Are beliefs part of somebody who is striving to be their authentic self, Or are they the antithesis of that? Because if you have to say that you believe in something, then it's really not on the scale of knowing, right? Well, this is another tricky word similar to love that is going to draw many different opinions of what it means. But with belief, there is a difference in the definition of knowing and belief. And how someone uses those words, you know, this is my belief that blah, 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 or this is my knowing of blah, 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 blah. You know, they carry different energies, but people probably often intermix those two words and get their meanings confused quite often. And so this is why it's hard to give any true uh, dissection of that because of the different like opinions and beliefs are just basically opinions, very strong opinions. And anytime you come to a group with a belief or an opinion, many times you're going to find opposition. So see, I think the key here is in how the view is presented. And again, if you're able to say something like, I find the way that you're looking at that extremely interesting, and I would like to just share the way that I'm beginning to see it, but I'm not an authority in this field, and so please don't take this as a challenge to the way that you see it. And then you say, whatever. That's showing respect. It's teaching respect. It's showing that you're not an authority here, and that if they ask you a question, you're probably going to say, I don't know, and that that's okay with you because if you're not an authority, you haven't put enough time in. You haven't put enough practice in because if you do those two things, you put enough time, enough practice, then you will have the answer for whatever question is asked you. And this is where then some people take that work to a more public stage such as we've done here. And Part of my job or part of my passion is to answer people's questions. And that happens to be, in my design, one of my gifts that I've had to learn to develop because 
I used to do the same thing that we're discussing here, to where when I got asked a question, I took it as a challenge. But I want to tell everyone and remind you that a question doesn't have to be a challenge. And make sure that before you're asking the question, check your energy. Is your heart rate up? Because if so, it's going to carry a message with your verbiage that is showing that pressure. So basically, when we're talking conscious communication, we're paying attention to our energy field. We're paying attention to our heart. We're paying attention to our emotions because all of that is flavoring the words. And see, most people, once they feel challenged, they don't want to think about any of that or consider any of that. They just go into war mode, like survival. But very few people in our culture that's listening to this right now are truly in that level of survival in their life. If they are, they're creating a lot of it themselves. Now, there's people that's in survival, and I'm not discounting them. But the majority of people that think they're in survival, either in their job or their relationship, a lot of it is self-inflicted. And so our different levels of truly going through life experience changes these levels of friction, levels of feeling challenged in those types of things. And I think it's just beautiful that we're talking about these challenges in a public way. And there's something deeper that I want to go into, but I want to give you a chance to come in here and I'm going to bring up that other part uh, a little bit later. Would you say that knowing is almost like a part of your authentic self? Because knowing isn't really a, a mental thing, right? It's more of a resonation Yeah, I think different people can experience it different ways. I can give my own experience, and maybe you can give your experience. It's just my knowing is like an all-encasing, almost sixth sense. It combines the listening, the seeing, the energetic, the feel, the change of temperatures, vibration. Like it can come through all of that like simultaneously, and that's what I happen to call my knowing. And so it's very different from any other sensation. It's not just one, the hearing or the seeing or even a feeling. It's kind of all of it combined. And sometimes I'll hear a type of music or a tone or a light. Something will shift and I'll be getting this knowing or this information, kind of all of that all at one time. And then, of course, the more I focus on it, it disappears. It's something that I have to allow I can't go searching for. And this is why meditation can be a great practice because if you continue to put yourself in a receiving position, then you may receive things on that level. And then some people just experience them very so-called haphazardly. So I think learning to tap into that sensation, to yearn for it, to set up discipline and structure so that you can be uh, prepared and ready for it, All these are just different levels, but it's not necessarily one's better than the other. It's just in what a human being wants to experience. I'm glad you brought in the the senses because this is something that I've been observing and possibly something that somebody could use to be conscious of when trying to decipher where information is coming from and whether it should be considered or not. I've made the observation that There's a lot of information out there that is being spread without anybody actually 
experiencing it, like, like you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, with the five senses. Mm-hmm. And it's just really coming down from, I guess we could say, an authority figure, and they're just telling us, and people are just passing that off as truth. But to me, I've made a deal with myself along this journey, which is I'm not going to really buy into anything unless I can sense it, experience it with my five senses, because then it will be true to me. And I think if we all had that sort of relationship with ourselves, or we, we made that promise to ourselves, then the world would be a totally different place. And I would love to have conversations, uh, deeper conversations with people to really understand what they experience throughout different uh, scenarios or experiences that, that we all experience at the same time. Because our individual experiences are most likely not the same because we all have our different perspectives that we're kind of experiencing it through. So I feel like the world would be more flavorful if people did pay attention uh, to their five senses more. But I think another thing I wanted to get into where you talked about the believing is on just the mental plane. And because everybody is just operating out of the mental there's not much thought about the other levels. So we kind of get tired if we're not well rested, where we're not going to consider, like you were saying, the five senses, and we're just going to, again, either agree with what's mentally going on or reject it. But there's no other input. Yeah, there's no room for taking information in, chewing it around, really giving it some time and then discarding what's not useful because all that takes time and energy and effort and right now people are mentally exhausted and some people will come in and challenge me possibly to say that belief is in the spiritual but those of you that's followed the podcast here and has heard our episode on spirituality and that the focus is on trust and faith and non-judgment in the spiritual realm and to realize that when something is still at a belief level is different than knowing, or it is different from faith and having that faith. So again, belief is a tricky word. And some people sometimes mean faith and will say belief or they mean knowing, but they'll say belief. So we don't want to get too caught up on the word selection here, but we do want to bring attention to however you listeners are using these different words in different situations. And this is part of defining our authentic self is really cleaning up our language and choosing words that mean something and becoming conscious about the ongoing confusion that is our English language. And so we have a few words throughout this philosophy that we really highlight that means something different from the general public's view, and one is failure. And failure in this work is merely an opportunity to grow. But in our general English, failure is seen as a negative verbiage and that it's worked in some spiritual uh, places or religious places to get rid of using it. And that's unfortunate because it has such great inspiration in it depending on how it's taught. And failure can certainly be nothing bad, but simply an opportunity to grow. So this is bringing me back around to I wanted to mention earlier that I had a great question asked to me over the last uh, few days. We had a little ice storm here in North Carolina, and 
everything shut down for a day or so. And so I had an interesting conversation and someone asked me that, how do you know when to speak up for a cause? And maybe you're working somewhere where you see that they're just extremely habitual in their waste and how much they throw away, whether it's food, how much paper they waste. And maybe you're trying to be more environmental in your own actions. And I think this is very poignant to bring in here and very important for people to hear that going back to those three questions of who are you, what are you passionate about, and how do you exemplify that, that you can have views of wanting to be a more health conscious or even earth conscious person and start practicing that. But that doesn't mean that you have to go around telling everybody that they should. See, there was a period of time where you didn't do that and you didn't like it when people judged you and told you you should more than likely. So make sure that once you take that first step that you don't turn into that judge and let your example speak for that passion rather than your verbiage. And so then the person asked me, said, well, sometimes I feel like, and it's been said that if you do no action, no action is the same as approving what the oppressor is doing and that type of ideology. And I said, well, once again, when you're clear of what your path is, you're able to pick your battles. And in war, it's known that the medics are respected on both sides of the war. And that neither side shoots at the medics. That's just like whether you want to call it valor or honor or whatever, but it's like across the board pretty much. And I'm here to be like a medic in this world. I'm not here to be a warrior and a fighter. I'm not judging the fighters. I'm not judging the people that protest, that act for change. But the way that I view it is it's got to be a gradual change over a long period of time to truly last the test of time. And what I see in most fighting and protesting is a lot of energy in the beginning and then it dissipates very, very quickly. So see, those that are here to be in the war are going to be creating wars one after another and that's all over our media and it happens all the time and that's what they use to keep us distracted. But if you're here to be so-called of the light or you're here to be of a higher vibration or you're here to be of service to people, conserving your argument with that person at work or at your school or in your family and working to be the example, use that energy that you would normally get into the discussion to get into a debate that may turn into an argument. Just use that energy and that time to go exemplify something different and not judge. Again, one of the three main components of the spiritual level of this philosophy is non-judgment. And most people have very small concept of what experiencing that is. But when you're in the example, you're not being the judge. So be the investigator and be the example, and leave the judge for somebody else to do. And when that judgment gets cast on you, if you know who you are, what you're passionate about, and what you're exemplifying, you can take that judgment as Jesus did, Gandhi did, as many great, great teachers that has shown that they're resisted in public in humiliating ways, but they're confident in three things, who they are, 
what they're passionate about and how they exemplify it. And they accept that there's going to be resistance. If you've got a new concept, a new idea, there has to be resistance because these people want to save you from that bad idea, that bad path. So again, actions like this that people have problems dealing with many times are coming from a loving intention. And we forget that. So again, I'm going to bring that back around to uh, allow and support those that are here to be in the trenches and fighting the wars. And if petitions come by, I'm happy to sign them. I'm happy to be part of a movement. But I'm not here to spearhead those types of movements and to set in the amount of energy and time that I feel like it takes to truly create a movement like that. I'm going to help with self-development and the inner work and to help people to get more intimate in their relationships and to, to draw deeper connections and deeper communities so that change can truly last over the long period of time. So, see, that doesn't mean that I stick my head in the sand and not pay attention to what's going on and the minute details to things. I do pay attention. I just choose not to focus on them. And I choose to raise the vibration, raise the light. And go back to the saying and the understanding that darkness flees light. The light doesn't need to do much, but just shine its light and not dim when the chaos comes around. So that's why we're bringing this in today. And so be clear, because if you try to be the medic and the warrior out on the battlefield, you will get shot. So just consider that. And I think lots of you are walking around bleeding from wounds where you've tried to play both roles. And all that I'm suggesting is be clear on what your role is, where you can truly make a difference, and most importantly, where you can be an example. I think the more you learn about how energy works, as we discuss here on the Wise Wise podcast and utilizing the just philosophy, it's a lot easier to take a neutral stance on these very controversial issues because... It's almost like you are the preschool teacher and you're watching all these kids run and fight until they tire themselves out and, and then they're passed out. And it brings in a saying that we've talked about before, which is, would you rather be right or be helpful? And in, the, in this instance, the kids are both all trying to be right and they're battling each other, sure. expending all their energy. And you're there watching them, trying to hold the energy consistently because you want to be helpful. Mm -hmm. And so in that instance, going back to your example around waste, the person who exemplifies it is being helpful because they are making a change, even though it's a small impact. But that vibration, if you hold it long enough, is going to extend and rub off on the people around you as you're the example. But I think if you, like you said, if you try to be right and helpful, people are going to feel that energy and and see that you're not just exemplifying it. It can almost come off as like you're doing it to get some sort of benefit or to be seen as higher than thou or something. The energy doesn't lie. Some type of recognition. And the example is not looking for the recognition. They're just looking to teach something different. So if you see that like somewhere is not recycling and on your lunch break, you decide to take five minutes to just go sort out some recycling and somebody says, what are you doing? And you say, I'm just helping out a little bit because this lack of recycling bothers me and I am earth conscious, but I'm not going to go to fight management about this. So 
every day I'll just take a small bag with me and uh, and recycle it. And then if a certain percentage of all the employees did that, there would be a recycling thing happening and management didn't even have to get involved. And if they saw that, that could give them the impetus to want to put something in place because it's already in motion here. And then these people are doing it on their own. And that's the more feminine way to affect change. And there's still so many people that are stuck in the masculine way to beat, to overcome, to convince. And the example is really more in the the feminine way. And it's not passive, it's active. Some people say, well, that's just being passive aggressive. (laughs) No, it's being passively useful and productive. And if you do it for long enough, it will stimulate interest. It will stimulate questions. You give very conscious and calm answers that, hey, I'm not here to make a fuss. I'm just here to exemplify. And then one other person goes, hey, I'll do that with you every day. And then two or three other people a week later go, no, I'm going to help out. I'm going to bring a bag and take a bag home with me every day. That's affecting change. And that gets conversation going. And there's no right or wrong. Anybody that doesn't want to do it, I'm not expecting you to do it. So this is more about self-fulfilling and feeling like you're doing what you're here to do. Because if you're sitting there and you're eating lunch and you just can't get over that they don't recycle, then it's going to be much more use of your energy just to go spend five minutes to do some recycling and take it home and utilize that energy rather than just pouting about it and stimulating that energy anyway. So this is where action just has much better results than concept, and that's what we're really trying to get people to is gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results, not complaining and pointing out the things that are wrong but actually having a solution and then putting that into action on no matter what level it is. We are talking about self-development in the external material world. Yeah, I think this is just a great, great example of the topic of the podcast is remaining in your authentic self while there's all these other influences going on. And in this instance, your authentic self is about caring for the environment and you're doing that while also remaining non-emotional because if you're like swearing under your breath while doing it then the whole exemplify or example is out the window because energetically you kind of lost that vibe yeah because that's part of the example is that you've already gotten clear that you're passionate about this and that you don't need to be fed external you should just be willing to do it Like many musicians out there don't get paid hardly anything to play their songs, but it's because it's their passion and they get a few people to listen to what they're creating and that's actually enough. Then there's other musicians that are out there trying to get a record deal or trying to become a professional musician. So see, there's no wrong way to do it. It's just that if someone wants to be a professional musician but they're not willing to do the things that it takes to get recognized to to do the advertising to do the meetups and all of that then they're going to be a miserable artist when they could just say yeah i'm not really willing to do that to be that but i'm going to be happy to be an artist in my way and i'm going to find a way to make a living and to do all of this and be in who I feel like I am. But see, what comes into the problem is all the wants that come with 
oh, I'm passionate about this, but I want these things. I want this type of house, and I want this type of car, and I want this type of boat. And somewhere down the line, most people, if they even get started in that direction, they're going to come at a crossroads, and they're going to get offered a lot of money to alter their art or alter whatever they are passionate about. And again, there's no right and wrong when people do alter that. But it can be very involved in self-dissatisfaction. And there's been plenty of artists, musicians, actors that's gone through that to do a certain type of movie that they wouldn't normally do, but the payoff is so much that that temptation is there. So see, this is getting back around to how we allow ourselves to be influenced. And the path to true authenticity is being able to welcome those influences in, as Rumi talks about in very much of his poetry. Oh, come on in. Whether you're jealousy, whether you're anger, whether you're fear, let's dine together. Let's really look at why, why are you here? What message are you sending me? Because from this point on, it, the message doesn't end here. If you're fear, then I've got to bring in fulfillment. Hey, fulfillment, come on up to the front here. And let's talk to fear about how we feel when we do something that we're fearful of and we overcome it. So see, bringing those two together, one's not better than the other. And then say, okay, fear, come with me now. We're going to go do what you're fearful of because we know what it feels like on the other side. It's called fulfillment. And so that's what we're going to go towards while respecting you fear. See, this is a different mindset than trying to fix or correct or run from or just be positive and over-influence. No, here we're talking about respecting all the emotions equally and being able to communicate to them optimally like you do in an optimal parent or guardianship with a child. And the emotions and children are very, very similar. The lessons are very, very similar. So all of you with children out there, you have a wonderful opportunity to raise a child optimally and benefit and find your authentic self simultaneously. And if you don't have children, then you have plenty of family and friends and coworkers around more than likely to help with some of these triggers that are going to come up. And I think we've covered... A lot of what I was hoping to, but I did want to ask you, do you still have a few questions or anything that you wanted to, to focus on? I do. Oftentimes, like in your example, this, the person who decides to start sorting the recycle out, if they get emotional, it's often about what they feel is right and everybody else is wrong right. and they should be doing what they're doing. And so would you say that if it is authentically you, then you're doing it for you. You're not doing yeah. it for anybody else. And that whole right or wrong emotional reaction that comes in, that deals with one of the pillars, right? Yes, yes. There's so many pillars in here. And again, we have five of them. One is find the divine order in the chaos to be prepared that chaos is going to come for lots of people on a daily basis. And we don't have to dread it. We can lean into it by being prepared, remembering, no, this is the person that I am. I'm passionate about sharing consciousness and compassion, and I'm going to exemplify that through non-emotional reaction. That's an example of how I see it. So whatever comes my way, 
I'm looking to be that example of compassion, that example of being helpful rather than being right. So that means I'm going to leave my personality and my my preferences to the side. And see, the one that's doing the act of true example, there is no expectation on anyone else. They do have a deeper understanding of vibration and that all they've got to do is go exemplify this. And there will be those that are attracted to do it as well. And that will build over time. All each person has to do is fulfill themselves to take one bag home a day or to listen to one conversation where someone says something asinine or something rude and just not react to be able to accept people where they are with the view that they have and not feel challenged in your own view. If that challenge is there, (laughs) you are not as clear in your own view as you think that you are. Because when you're clear in your view in those three questions, there's not much that ruffles your feathers. You respect somebody that feels so deeply about however they feel. Whether they can explain it to the level you can or not is not important. And when you become that example, you're much more likely to find people to ask you questions, to share the way that you approach things. But it's through the example that brings that about for people to change their minds, not in the verbiage of the mental concept of it. And that's just where we're stuck with the majority of conversations in our culture. I've heard uh, somebody say before that if something comes into your awareness, you'd live a much more content life if you take care of it then versus allowing it to eat at you. So once they realize that, oh, there's glass in the garbage, it came into their awareness. Now, if they go and take care of it, then... Yes, the energy dissipates. Exactly. If they don't, it builds. And that's where friction builds over time. Then they hear a conversation of somebody saying that they don't care about um, recycling And then that strikes a nerve. They're already emotional. They've been seething with it for half the day. And then they have to go and say something. Instead of saying something, I'm just saying, just go do. Just go do instead of say. And see if you don't have more of an impact. And you may be going to do an action that there's many, many people that want to do that action, but they're scared to. See, it's it's that most time people that want to make a difference – They want a whole team of people behind them before they stand up and say anything. And again, we're talking about say rather than do. So audience today, every time that you want to say something or correct someone, attempt to just go do the action, whether it's in front of them or not. But use other people to remind you, hey, go practice your so-called beliefs. Go practice your so-called knowing. This was a little message just because this person sees it different. But see, you don't have to rub it in their faces. The more compassionate countenance that you carry, the more people are going to be willing to receive that example. So I think the effort just has to be shifted into the doing of things rather than the conceptual of talking about things. And the more you fail at something, the more humble you get about how you explain that you see it. And I think... The, the key word here that we're, we're now getting to the end of the episode that everybody has been waiting to hear is that the way to remain in your authentic self throughout all the influences and pressures that come within our life is discipline. 
unfortunately. (laughs) Right. You got to do it. Yes, discipline and structure to begin with. And this is where we practice certain things on certain days for certain time frames, whether it's gratitude or whether it's emotional release or whether it's connecting with that divine energy, whatever you want to call it. But see, when people don't practice and they just talk about stuff, they're not able to pull on that peacefulness and Right now, it's just rabid with people wanting to talk about stuff, and there's very few people truly practicing. So I've got a wellness guide that's been created for a year or so that I had a wonderful Claire to help me out with, and Aaron helped out with this. And it's still going to be released, but it, it has the five different levels, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual. And it's still very important, but... To get people to think about and consider all five of these levels with whatever they're dealing with in their life, I think is going to be extremely beneficial. And to see that when we get in our emotions, it's almost always you're stuck in the mental level. And you have to step out of the mental level and experience the spiritual or the energetics. How is this situation making me feel? Or the emotions, how is this making me want to react? Or physically, are you sweating? So see, you can check in with any of those different levels, and if any of that's happening, you're not presently conscious. You're not consciously communicating. You're not seeing your environment clearly. And see, the very first step is to learn to pause at that point. I've got a practice where I suggest to learn to take a breath before doing any action, before replying to a comment, before getting up out of your chair, before answering your phone. And if you practice that one breath before any action, then when an emergency or a surprise situation comes to you, you will automatically take that breath. And in that breath, that can keep you from reacting, and it can teach you to respond. And that's all that we're shifting here is from reaction to response. Response has consciousness in it, and reacting doesn't. See, when someone is living in their authentic self, they're much less reactionary and much more responsive. So we're talking about tuning in to manage the external rather than having your trigger activated of these sensitivities and then going into defense. And it's so easy to get roped into the anger and the fear energies right now because they're so prevalent. So be very careful out there wading those waters. Make sure you have your life vest, which that one breath practice is part of that. And then learning to have practices through discipline and structure that prepare you for those obstacles, for those challenges. After the breath, the second step that I want everybody to practice with is the more that you want to engage, the less that you do. And to learn that that in wanting or feeling the need to engage, to correct, to, to speak your truth, that that's not the time to because you're too emotional. You're bringing a knife to a conversation, so to say, energetically. So the first step is learning to get your passion out in that way, but to be receptive and be firm in, in what you feel to be true and to be able to say it very calmly and allow anybody to say or do whatever they feel like they need to, and it not affect you. And that's how the long-term benefits of all of the practice of this philosophy can benefit you. 
Yeah, I guess I would just close it out by saying that if you react or take action out of unconsciousness, out of influence, out of not making a conscious choice, then you're almost a pawn in somebody else's army. Yes. Somebody else is making decisions for you. Yes, and they're winning. They're winning and you don't realize it. That's why, you know, when something comes down to a war or a fight, nobody wins. You know, but normally there's a victor chosen, but there's so many casualties because of it. And so we'll bring that back around to leave it as a question of, would you rather be right or would you rather be useful or helpful? Yeah, and I use this a lot internally because I know how to activate and push my own buttons to to steer me in the right direction because I don't want to be somebody else's pawn and I want to make my own decisions for what is ultimately why I'm here and what I'm here to do. And well, so I think, I think everybody else here listening is also for that. So hopefully they get something out of this whole podcast. So appreciate you guys tuning in and stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Keep shining that light.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verities Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment and sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.